My next interview is with Isabel, an avid traveler from Singapore, who travel blogs on her website, Bell Around the World. Welcome to the Are We Home Yet podcast, where we talk to expats about what it's like living abroad, and they tell their stories, whether it's the struggles, the joys, falling in love, raising a family, managing a business in another country, and maybe still searching for that place they will one day call home. This is a place where you can listen, the guest and host will share, and maybe we'll all learn from these stories that we're all connected in what home means to each of us. I'm your host, Jalila Clark. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome back to the Are We Home Yet podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Isabel. Isabel, how are you? Hi, nice to meet you, or virtually meet you. I'm really great. Thank you. <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, where do you currently live, and how long have you been living there? Um, I'm actually back in Costa Rica, and it's day two. In fact, okay. um, I was here kind of a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So since then, I've just been on the road and living each country for a couple of months in the next step. Okay. All right. So how many countries have you lived in in that time frame? I would say around six. Wow. Which which countries? Mexico. I stayed there for five months. And mm-hmm. then we moved to Colombia for two months. Mm-hmm. And then Bolivia for three months. Mm-hmm. And then Peru. Peru was two months plus. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, before heading back to Costa Rica, we had a month. So so that month was kind of just traveling around Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What has it been like living in those countries? The the foods you've eaten, the people you've met, the, the things you've seen, the cultures you've experienced, like what, what has it been like living in those various places? Yeah, to be honest, being around in South America, if you don't speak their language, it's not entirely a breeze Mm -hmm. so it definitely like thank thankfully my boyfriend speaks spanish so Mm -hmm. he's native spanish speaker so so that took a huge um responsibility a burden off me Mm -hmm. apart from that it's been interesting because i come from the asian culture asian food asian influences being in the south american region it's entirely new and that's why it's such a breath of air for me Mm -hmm. it's been yeah it's been really different I would say like most people are very warm Mm -hmm. like they're definitely more affectionate like they display their emotions on the surface more easily like as compared to the Asian culture where everybody's more conservative and and you don't really see their they don't really show their feelings on the surface Mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, I'm I'm Asian, so I would say it cannot be compared to Asian food. Mm-hmm. Um, South America has a lot of beans and rice and patacones, which is like fried. There's a kind of banana mm-hmm. that's sweet. Um, plantains, they're called plantains, and they're deep fried. And so it is usually served quite as a common, quite a common dish here in South America. Okay. And so you mentioned that, you know, you moved back to Costa Rica. What what caused you to move to Costa Rica to begin with? 
Oh, that was actually a chance. It was a chance that I landed in Costa Rica. It was just a trip that my friends had planned and I was like, okay, I'm on board. And so, and so that, that made me land in Costa Rica. So it was never on my radar. So mm-hmm. I've just always been like my travel style, my living travel digital nomad style has always been kind of just going with the flow, seeing where it's suitable based on the current circumstances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so how long were you living in Costa Rica before you took the, the opportunity to travel through to several different countries? This was a little different than my usual style because COVID had hit. And so after living in, after being stuck in Singapore for eight months, because I'm used to full-time travel, I found it too stifling mm-hmm. and I decided to book a one-way ticket to to the US, ironically, to meet my friends and live with them for a bit, just to get out of my country and just to get some like fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. So the visa in the US allows me 90 days as a tourist on a tourist visa. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my, my visa was coming up and then my friends in the States, they were saying that Costa Rica had one of the least COVID restrictions and so that was how we ended up in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And then we were supposed to be here kind of just as a vacation, a few few weeks, I think, one or two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then circumstances happened and I went back to the States and I got deported back to Costa Rica. So mm-hmm. I kind of stayed here. It felt like it felt like it it was just a line for me. Mm-hmm. So I ended up staying longer than I expected. Mm-hmm. and and really liked it here yeah okay and so how long has that been um it wasn't too long because I I was on my way to meet my friends in Mexico so I would say I would say in total it came up to be around one month. Oh, okay it okay. wasn't too long yeah and then so you mentioned digital nomads so what what do you do yeah so I am a travel blogger and SEO coach Mm-hmm. So all of my work is online. I just basically create, I travel and then I create content based on where I've been or just inspiration from people I've met. And then with the SEO coach, I run my own courses online. So I communicate with students all around the world entirely online. So that has been what I've been doing since 2018. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, unknowingly became a digital nomad and then with the pandemic happening it made it even harder to return back to Singapore for Singapore to be my home base Mm -hmm. which is why hence the kind of travel travel style that I am doing now like a couple months in one country once the visa is up Mm -hmm. I would move to another country for a couple more months Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Okay. And, you know, so how did you get into that line of work? I mean, obviously it allows you the ease and access to moving about the world, but yeah, how did you get into that? Like, what did you used to do before? Um, before I worked in PR mm-hmm. in an agency and I also worked in social media in an agency. Um, I studied psychology, which had nothing to do with that. Well, mm-hmm. maybe a little. I went on a student exchange when I was in uni for six months for a semester. Mm-hmm. That's how the travel blog was born. Mm-hmm. That's how 
I realized that I wanted to travel more than the annual vacation days allows me. And mm-hmm. so I've just been working on the blog as a hobby after I graduated, but I've always dreamt about like being able to just own my own brand and be able to be able to be be my own boss and make my own decisions and mm-hmm. be able to travel more. Mm-hmm. And so with that, yeah, I slowly learned the tricks of the trade, slowly mm-hmm. grew my blog traffic, slowly started monetizing from it. Mm-hmm. And eventually I was able to convert it into a full-time job and mm-hmm. even be able to help other people through the skills that I've learned with blogging and digital marketing. Wow, that's amazing. So what's your day-to-day like? I would, okay, so I'll take my example living in Bolivia. Mm -hmm. I was actually there for three months. I was house-sitting three dogs and a cat. And it really felt like a home to me because it was originally a couple's home and they have their three dogs and a cat. And so everything was already in place. We simply had to like move in and assimilate to the to the life there. So I would wake up in the morning and, you know, kind of have my coffee and breakfast. There was a, they had a backyard for the dogs to play around. So that was really, really nice. Like a dream house that I would love to have when I finally settle down. Mm-hmm. And with regards, yeah, I'll, I'll open my email, email, check my, check my inboxes. Sometimes I get sponsored or sometimes like I do get advertising requests. So these, this is, every day is different, honestly. Like some days I would be editing pictures for social. Some days I'll be creating blog content. Some days I'll be editing them. And other days I'll be working on my email marketing, depending on what kind of launches I have Mm -hmm. and refining my course content. So it really varies. And like we would take the dog for walks in the mornings and in the evenings. When it comes to the weekend, we would head out to explore around Bolivia, mm-hmm. like the famous attractions, like like the Uyuni Salt Flats, which is the largest salt, salt flat in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things like that. Every day, every week is also kind of different. Okay. First, I'll ask you about, you know, your boyfriend. So how did you guys meet? Ooh, it was by chance. <laughs> I was actually on a tour. He was a tour guide. Um, yeah. We were on a diving tour, yeah. And he was a tour guide on the boat. Mm-hmm. And then I, yeah, we kind of just struck a conversation and I was saying how much I suck at at um surfing. Okay. And we were in this island on this um beach town that was known for surfing. Everyone there knows how to surf. And everyone there goes to surf as well. So so I kind of like let him on to hint to him to teach me surfing because he was good at it. Mm-hmm. And so and so yeah, and so he was my instructor for the entire time during the time that I was there in the beach town of Costa Rica. It's called Tamarindo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we almost spend like every day together while while I was there. So it wasn't like I don't know. It just happened naturally, and yeah, when the opportunity came for him. So after Costa Rica, I was going to Mexico, and back then I didn't had any plans to stay for long. But 
So I invited him over for kind of like a two-week trip from Costa Rica. And he came and we decided that, oh, I asked him if he wanted to stay longer because Mexico had so much to offer, the food, the culture, and also the affordability played a part. And so, and so, yeah, he agreed to stay on and we kind of stayed on for five months in Mexico, mm-hmm. two months in Oaxaca City and two months in Puerto Escondido, which is another surf beach town. And we really had a time of our lives. So it was nice to mix travel and work together because you kind of, you get to see somewhere um, in on a deeper level. level. Mm-hmm. You do the... I love to do the grocery grocery shopping in the local markets. It's very interesting in different countries. Let's cut to a quick commercial break. Enjoying the podcast? Then support the podcast. Click here to donate in the show notes and keep the cool interviews with guests from around the world going. Check out the blog for handy information about living abroad and buy the ebook, a great guidebook for moving abroad. Find the blog and ebook at the website, arewehomeyetpodcast.com. Again, that's arewehomeyetpodcast.com. You can also donate on the website by scrolling all the way to the bottom and finding the donate button. All right, back to the show now. especially mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty amazing to meet someone who has like that same interest mm-hmm. as yours like hey yeah I, I want to go travel and live somewhere for a few months and you know really like immerse myself what was the conversation like like this is what I'm doing with my life and you want to come along or or was <laughs> it was it different than that <laughs> yeah so he was actually He's still a student, mm-hmm. so in normal times, he would be in school, taking mm-hmm. classes, but because of COVID, everything shifted online. It was, e- it was an easy transition for him, and it was, very, it was more appealing for him to stay on in Mexico or to stay on with the traveling as compared to just returning home to Costa Rica and becoming a full-time student because it was kind of the same life, actually. Mm-hmm. Except for, you know, instead of weekend weekend trips with your friends, it's weekend trips traveling. So it was an easy offer for him to it was kind of obvious what the where he would which he would choose. So yeah, so that's how he came came to this conclusion. That's how we ended up traveling for over a year. Four hundred yeah, coming to four hundred days. Okay. Okay. Besides, you know, meeting a boyfriend, you know, on this trip, um, how do you make friends? How have you been able to make friends going from different place to different place? Yeah, I love to connect with people or fellow experts in a city when I'm in that city. And how I do that is kind of by going on Facebook groups and seeing Mm -hmm. what kind of what kind of expert groups there are. In Colombia, when I was in Medellin, there was a digital nomad group on mm-hmm. Facebook, which is pretty active because Medellin is known to be a digital nomad hub. And when I was in Peru, there was a group for experts and 
that's how yeah that's how we meet up for coffee and <laughs> turn strangers into friends with similar mm-hmm. interests Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So in traveling to different places, you know, and having this business, COVID has restricted or, well, it did restrict travel to, to many people, but, you know, mm-hmm. obviously travel guidelines have loosened up and, and people have been able to move about the world again, not in the exact, exact same way, but still, you know, still move about the world. You know, were you ever worried about, you know, your travel business um, hitting roadblocks and not really working out because of, you know, COVID or, or did, did COVID really not, not hinder your business at all? Oh, it would be so untrue COVID did not affect travel because it obviously did. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning of 2020, when the thick of the pandemic happened, my traffic plunged over 70-80%. And because my traffic was proportionate to my income, mm-hmm. so that fell as well. And so in Singapore, it was, I was in Singapore back then and it was just really depressing because there was no new content. Mm-hmm. There are no new readers, and no matter what you do, the readers, the readership isn't going to increase because basically no one is researching about travel. Everyone's just all about the pandemic back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a really difficult period, and which is why, like after eight months of mulling around, watching Netflix all day, mm-hmm. I decided to just um buy that one way ticket to fly to Seattle to meet my friend because he was living in an RV and I had never lived in an RV before and I just wanted a different experience just to spark my mind, spark my creativity and inspiration mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, I mean, what, what was that like? That hadn't been an experience that, that you had before. So, so what was that like? Ooh, super cool. Like you would never, or at least for me, I would never, because I come from Singapore, the city is almost yeah it's so tiny it's the smallest it's one of the smallest country in the world but super dense mm-hmm. trying to imagine a bus or a, an rv that has a full-size bed and both the washer and the dryer in one van or one bus itself complete oh. with a full fully equipped kitchen mm-hmm. it was really outstanding it was really fun to live in mm-hmm. and seeing just the transformation of that that bus shrinking into into a a moving vehicle it was really fun and so that trip I used to just be writing and writing and writing so ever since that one-way ticket ever since leaving Singapore I decided that I also wanted to evolve like I couldn't just be writing it wouldn't be sustainable for blogging as a business so this lifestyle allows me to kind of evolve and grow and I filmed, I started doing more video and filming my travel lifestyle and my journeys along the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. And so then from Seattle, then where did you go next? Was Did you go to Costa Rica or did you go somewhere else? No, um, I was visiting friends around the area. So I went to Colorado mm-hmm. and then I went to California and then we just headed down. I just headed down south, mm-hmm. and the RV followed followed me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and we eventually met up in San Francisco because I had friends, so it was kind of an excuse to to visit a new state. And like back then, because it was still during COVID, um, living with others in a hostel or 
or in a hotel wasn't that ideal. So that's why I opted for living with friends over those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do, do you have any travel goals, like places you haven't visited but would really like to? Who I used to. I definitely, when I first started this journey, I would get super excited about crossing off the US, which is a big country. Mm-hmm. And um, at the back of my mind, I also wanted to visit South America. But so these two were two of my big bucket list items because the US, it used to, like I used to have this impression that um, it's such a big country and there's always, like people are very, they are like much bolder and like dangerous yeah back when I hadn't visited it that that was what my impression of it was I remember sending an email newsletter saying that oh I'm going to go to the U.S. solo I remember getting this reply back saying like warning me against going because it's dangerous and people have guns everywhere Mm -hmm. so like eventually when I did visit it for the first time I felt I felt like it was entirely different. Like people were nice. The national parks were beautiful. It it's it's such a nice road trip mm-hmm. to go anywhere. And yeah, and so this was a nice bucket list for me to cross off. Mm-hmm. And then South America was never really like it was on my bucket list, but I never really worked towards it. So maybe it was an act of mani- manifestation, I don't know, but I met a Costa Rican, he speaks fluent Spanish, and because of him, I was able to visit most, like, yeah, I was able to visit South America for over a year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that was a, like a big continent bucket list to cross off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so traveling around the world, do you feel that it somehow changed you in any way or changed your thinking any any way or has anything ever surprised you? Yeah, all the time. Like, traveling to me is an act of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Like, before I really traveled on my own, I was a really shy introverted. I was insecure about myself. And then since, like, since being on the road and independent and solo traveling, you, I definitely um discovered that I was way more resilient than I think and that I'm, in a sense, stronger, more independent than I thought I was. Mm-hmm. So it really stretches your your limiting beliefs about yourself. So on a personal on a personal growth level, it definitely did wonders for me to grow as a person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I've definitely become more outspoken as well. Having to build my own blog business, I've also learned a lot professionally as well that that I would normally not get from from working in a corporate job I would say Mm -hmm. yeah like for example being more proactive finding new ideas being more creative things like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. living in in various countries like has your quality of life, you know, because you mentioned, you know, obviously it, it has made you more creative and things like that. But in terms of your quality of life, like cost of living, safety, how how is that different from Singapore? Ooh, Singapore, I feel like I'm living in a bubble when I'm living in Singapore, ever since I've been out there. Mm-hmm. So comparatively, Singapore really feels like a bubble. It's super safe. If you leave your 
laptop in a library, for example, no one's going to steal it. Mm-hmm. And everywhere is clean. You get access to food easily. Mm-hmm. If your phone line isn't working or if your credit card is stolen or something like that, somebody would answer to you and attend to you immediately. And these are the things like we take for granted living in such a developed and modern country. Mm-hmm. When when I moved over to Central and South America, it's definitely more developing. Things are not as efficient. I have to be more patient about things. Over here on Sundays, most places are closed. Mm-hmm. So that's something that doesn't exist in Singapore because shops are always open and going like activities are always going on till nine or ten at night mm-hmm. yeah for sure safety safety is always like i can never let my gut down when you are when i'm living in more more like developing places especially in the cities mm-hmm. um i have to get used to you know stepping on or watching out for poop bombs on the streets that sort of thing that you don't see in singapore mm-hmm mm-hmm how about like your cost of living compared to Singapore? Ooh, so in Singapore, when for us, we live with our parents until we get married. That's how, mm-hmm. yeah. So usually when you get married, you get a house and you live with your partner. Mm-hmm. So for me, I've always been living with family and living with family. Like there are so many things you don't have to consider like rent, food, because mom is always willing to you know, cook dinner for family every day. Yeah, so costs were definitely much, much, much lower. It's not like in Singapore, like I I don't go out with friends every day, every night or things like that. So yeah, so costs were really, really minimal, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I wanted to start out as an expat in more affordable cities, like in Central and South America, where... I remember, I think the cheapest, cheapest rent I ever lived in was in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And it was only around 300 USD per month for two of us. Nice. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so it was affordable as well. And food is really, really cheap. So we could we could eat comfortably. We want, If we wanted to cook, we can cook. If we wanted to eat out, we can eat out. So not much of an issue with with in terms of cost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You went from Singapore, then to North America, then to Central America. What was the visa process like? Was it pretty simple or were there moments where it was kind of difficult? So I was really lucky because Singapore has one of the strongest passports in the world. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I wouldn't have to struggle with visa issues. but one place I had to apply for visa was Bolivia. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't, it wasn't, okay, it wasn't complicated. What's complicated is because of COVID, mm-hmm. the crossing of borders and traveling internationally has added a layer of complication. Like you always have to check what is required. And it hadn't been easy. Like nowadays, every time I cross international borders, I'm always anxious about not being let in yeah so that's one concern another concern I had when I was traveling was it happened in the U.S. where I got deported from the U.S. it never happened to me before but I think I was traveling alone and 
I had made multiple trips to the US in the span of that one year and and I usually stay for over two months, which raise alarm bells for them. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, with my travel blogging as a job, it like they they didn't quite understand the concept of travel blogging, where I work with sponsors, where I work with advertisers from all around the world. So they were particularly difficult with me because they were trying to find some little piece of information that I was working during my with my tourist visa in the US mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so that was a frightening one because I was held at the airport for like 12 hours with no means of contact because they took away all the, all the uh, yeah all the means of communication devices wow. and eventually sent me back to Costa Rica was that time period was it scary were i'm assuming you you were worried like what what did you feel what did you think yeah i was definitely in shock because like singapore i never because singapore is like the passport it's a it's a strong one and i've never had issues with crossing borders yeah like they even they they even body searched me and put me in a room and put me yeah, with with other people who were kind of deported as well, mm-hmm. and I think they lumped me with immigrants trying to get into US mm-hmm. um, to work, and so that was also mildly insulting. But I was worried that they would make me pay for also the the full cost of my flight back to Singapore or something mm-hmm. like that. Because the last thing I wanted to do was to return to Singapore and be forced to play for my own flight back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then I'll ask, like, why why were you insulted? Like, why did you feel insulted? Well, because, like, Singapore is a modern country and it's a developed nation as well. So they they were not very knowledgeable about the country. They kind of They kind of thought it was like part of another country, which is common, which is not, yeah, it's something that most people do because like, it's such a small country. And so, yeah, they, I mean, the fact that they thought that I was an immigrant wanting to move to the US to work when I actually have my own business and, I, and I've been running it for a couple of years. Yeah, that was why it felt mildly insulting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And so what, what would you say have been the struggles and joys of being an expat? Mm, struggles definitely is, I would say all the logistics that you have to do over and over again, every time you want to move to a new country, you have to do all the different kinds of research, um, finding a place, finding a place to rent, well, figuring out the best spots. That's, that's fun. That's not a struggle, but just having to repeat the process over and over again mm-hmm. can be sometimes an inconvenience, but otherwise a joy as well because, you know, when life gets mundane or or if you need a new change of environment, that's always available for you. You can simply pack up and move to a new place. Um, and being able to slow travel, you I'm able to meet locals i'm able to really interact with the people in the streets for example so that is very refreshing and can be quite fulfilling 
So you've been in Costa Rica for a while. Like, how long would you like to stay there? Ooh, I like to stay in many places. <laughs> like, <laughs> after traveling for a while, I have a few places in mind. Like, if I had the means, I would love to kind of build a home and make it my base. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, Costa Rica is one of it, but I do have others in mind as well. Mm-hmm. So. I'm still open to opportunities along the way and new discoveries along the way that will chart my course. Okay, cool. And so, you know, you've lived in various places for short periods of time, but still, you know, managed to feel comfortable, it sounds like, in each place. So then what's your definition of home? Mm, wow. Um, I would say it's, a place that makes me feel safe and secure and where I can be fully myself without having to having to like take on another 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 personality so yeah basically I can just be myself and be comfortable in my own skin Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Isabel, for taking the time to speak to me on this podcast, Are We Home Yet? A podcast where expats talk about what it's like living abroad. And hopefully along the way, we're inspiring future expats to also take the leap into living abroad as well, which can be, you know, changing in so many ways. Um, So with that, I'm going to say I hope everyone has a great day as well as you too, Isabel. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was really enjoyable speaking with you. Okay, bye-bye. Coming up is my interview with Ben from America, who is a writer and game designer and currently in Sweden. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to hit subscribe and to stay updated, head over to arewehomeyetpodcast.com. I'm Jalila Clark. See you next time.